Hi, I'm David Berlin with Blockchain Journal. I'm here in Davos, Switzerland at World Economic Forum, and I'm roaming all up and down the promenade, the main road that leads into the Congress Center where the World Economic Forum is taking place, looking for enterprise blockchain stories, and I believe I've found one. And my guest right now is Monique Morrow. She is a senior distinguished engineer of emerging technology at a company called Cineverse. So, Monique, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, so, I, what I'd like to ask first, so that all of our viewers understand, what is Cineverse and how big is it? Well, Cineverse is a it's a company that's quite old. Um, I'll say over 30, probably 37 years old, uh, based in Tampa, Florida, uh, and uh, mainly focused on mobile communications. So, you know, SMS, text messaging. So messaging overall is what its focus has been. And so it's uh, really in the carrier space, uh, telecommunication space, although we'd like to say we're, uh, we're a technology company. So that's what Cineverse is in a, in a nutshell. And so are the carriers your customers? Carriers are indeed our customers. Uh, and so are uh, now the business has been divided so uh, with, between carriers and also enterprise customers. So enterprise customers, you can think of banks, you can think of uh, you know different verticals, mm -hmm. but mainly uh, the carrier space. And what do carriers come to you for? Well, we well the the thing of it is is that we're we're involved in the the text messaging uh, uh, relationship with them. So we actually interact with with the carriers. So when you have a text message on your phone, you can thank Cineverse and the carriers. Together. So you're providing the basic infrastructure to the carriers to uh, manage their SMS infrastructure. Correct. You okay. can you could you could actually uh, couch it that way. So we don't know it, but when we're using text on our phones, it's probably going through you. And that is correct. Indeed, it is. Wow. Uh, so you're a bona fide enterprise. Thirty-seven years. All these carriers. And a small company. Yeah. I should say a, a small company. So we're probably around maybe about seventeen hundred people. I mean, we've kept our, our company very fairly small. Uh, so yeah, we're we're fairly small and 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 and, and an enterprise. So we we do care care about quality uh, as do our, our our carriers. You know, you can imagine our our customers are going to care about that. So senior distinguished engineer of emerging technology. Mm -hmm. Blockchain is one of those emerging technologies. Is it on your radar? It is indeed. Blockchain is, and, and we can talk about others, but blockchain mainly because this is the purpose of our uh, conversation today. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the thing about blockchain is to make sure that there is a business aspect to it. It's We don't want to go deep into a conversation that's too technical. I mean, what's the business problem we want to solve? So that's what the, what we start out with. And so, indeed, it is something, uh, as, a, as an emerging technology, I would say a technology that has arrived, although we've been following mm -hmm. it uh, that we do care about. Yeah, and that seems to be a common theme whenever I talk to anybody who's involved in any technology for the enterprise, which is the starting point is what business problem are we trying to solve? Mm -hmm. So in your explorations, what business problems does blockchain look to solve? So um, we're thinking, for example, how do we look at billing friction, uh, especially between amongst ourselves, you know, what is the internally, what mm -hmm. is the billing friction that we have to, to look at? Uh, we're a conglomerate of, uh, we may, of, of several companies. And so you can imagine that you have sort of this, these older company, these companies that have come together, but there's a friction, they're siloed. So uh, are we losing contracts, for example? Uh, are we losing uh, any insights into our billing? So certainly com uh, blockchain has a, spa uh, a place there. Uh, and how so, might I add? What, is, what characteristic of blockchain 
helps eliminate the billing friction that you're well you, you have a single we, we commonly call this a single source of truth mm -hmm. but you're able to see transparency in the process of who is signing off for what um, bill what process mm -hmm. etc that for us is very important because right now it's very clunky it's very heavy and so uh, we're looking at uh, certainly have been looking at that that's a, that's another common story I'm hearing is the single source of truth story yeah where uh, if you have multiple parties involved in some sort of contractual engagement, if each party has its own ledger, then it's a lot of work to reconcile any, any uh, incongruencies between those ledgers. And so this idea of a single ledger, yep. a public blockchain of some sort, uh, resolves that particular problem because everybody has a view of the same thing. Especially when we're dealing with third parties. So you picked up on it very, very nicely. And so that's one thing because otherwise it's sending sending probably an Excel sheet from one source to mm -hmm. another source to another source and that's just not going to scale. Uh, and additionally, I'm also chair of the GSMA uh, Distributed Ledger Technology Group. Pause there. What is the GSMA for everybody so, who well, doesn't it's, know? It's a global, uh, you know, this is the, the uh, global mobile group. Okay. Uh, and so uh, All the it's, carriers a, it's are, for the carriers. It's a standard setting organization? Uh, you, a part of it's a standard setting organization. It's an industry group. So mainly driven by carriers, telecommunications providers. I would come in or Cineverse would come in as a solution provider for mm -hmm. carriers. And so, you know, we have, uh, so for that, it was actually uh, approved and, and actually recommended by the carriers that we should have a distributed uh, ledger technology group. And what we mean by DLT, underscoring it or independing it, is blockchain itself. We could think of different types of DLTs, whether it's Ethereum, whether it's Hyperledger Fabric, uh, whatever your favorite DLT is. And so that's the starting point. So just going back to the GSMA for, 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 for a moment, when like the world is going to move off of some older cellular phone technology to a newer one, that's a big deal for the GSMA because all the carriers are there. That's their consortium, and that's where they talk about what, okay, what are we moving from and to, and how are we going to maintain compatibility so that I can call you no matter what system you're on. Correct. And so 5G is, uh, you know, we're thinking you got 4G, 5G, so the newer newer generations of, of uh, communications is definitely uh, part of the And so distributed ledger technology is of great importance to them because maybe they're seeing some opportunities to eliminate friction between whatever um, is. And there have been uh, wonderful use cases. Uh, blockchain for wholesale roaming is an example of that. How does that work? So for blockchain for wholesale roaming, because you're roaming between each other, wholesale roamers. We're all roaming here. So it's a contract. It's I have a contract with you. You have a contract with uh, the, the next uh, individual organization. So it's smart contract. Mm -hmm. Relationships, uh, and so I, uh, uh, you know, agreed to settle because it's settlement. You're settling this a is price carriers, right? between carriers. Yeah. So, like, I'm on Verizon. Uh, I don't know what carrier. Let's say, let's say Verizon and maybe uh, uh, Swiss Telecom. Right. Tele so uh, when I'm roaming on Swiss Telecom, okay. that requires some settlement between the two companies. Absolutely, okay. it's a settlement. So, and then these, this settlement can actually the friction act can actually be removed via a smart contract relationship. And that those use cases have been actually well defined uh, past several years. And so now it's just double-clicking on more and more of those use cases. Okay. And so blockchain for wholesale roaming was the first use case that the GSMA Very came out with. It. Yeah. And so, you know, look, um, it's, let me just say, it, say one thing about um, blockchain overall for the enterprise. It's about the business. What is the, so the friction that we are trying to solve 
billing, lossy, lossy contracts? Do we have insights? Do we know what we're doing, uh, especially with third party, that circle sort mm-hmm. of a trust? Well, um, and it may be some right now you're seeing it more private permissioned. Maybe at some point in time we move to a hybrid open mm-hmm. uh, uh, area. So and and I think it's more or less in that in that vein. That's what we're looking at. You're referring to the difference between permissioned blockchain and permissionless blockchain. Correct, Actually, correct, I, correct. So we're more so what you're seeing now is the universe in the enterprise space is mainly in the world that I'm sitting in is private permission. Mm, yeah. At some point in time, I think there's going to be a conversation of let's look at how we make it more hybrid. Let's look at how we make it more scalable. And so those are the conversations that are definitely starting to happen and to occur. And so, uh, you know, uh, we know that uh, there; these are tools, and I want to just say blockchain is a tool, mm-hmm. as are other tools that we believe uh, could solve some uh, problems where we see friction. Billing is an example. Sure. And the single source of truth, when um, you talk about the uh, permissioned nature of the blockchains that are in place right now, I'm assuming by permissioned in, in this world, in this uh, industry, permissioned means you have a lot of carriers that are on the same chain, but they are permissioned into the chain. There's really nobody else participating. They, uh, by nature, you would, uh, the, they know one another. That's right. the permission. That's the, the universe that they know one another. Now, there could be an argument that says, well, that's not really blockchain. That could be an SQL database. Really? Uh, so, so, but at least it was, it's an experiment with the parties who mm-hmm. know one, one another. And I think that's, the, that's one step in a phase of understanding blockchain and being able to use use it for uh, the cases that we're uh, describing. You mentioned smart contracts and just Mm -hmm. for our audience, the smart contract is the way by which an enterprise would write some form of custom code that runs on top of the blockchain to make the blockchain do exactly what it is they need to do. Yeah, I mean, I would call them Boolean. Uh, yes, it's it's code. Uh, I wouldn't say it's smart. I mean, uh, that probably the earliest uh, example of a smart contract is a vending machine. That's not so smart, but it works, right? So it has, you know, you put your money in and you yeah. assume that it's going to work. In the background of a smart contract, those are conditions. Um, and for those who like to code, it says, if you do this, then you do that. They're bullying integers. And so mm-hmm. that's what a smart contract But is. a smart contract also uh, helps optimize, uh, digitally transform certain processes and optimize them to eliminate opportunities for human error. You know, we, you mentioned before there's some, like, some of this clunkiness mm-hmm. when you're trying to uh, work between carriers. It probably helps out there too, right? Correct. I mean, uh, and that's that's important uh, observation because you don't want garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh boy! So you're you're going back like that's the thirty year old right? The geo right, and it still applies. Um, and so uh, this is important to note that you have conditions. If there are conditions that will execute. You want them to mm-hmm. execute. Then you get into coding languages. Then you get into the technology components that are behind it. Um, so and most. People know some of these coding languages already. So, so you mentioned earlier that Cineverse is thirty-seven years old. That's an thereabouts. Yeah, that's an old school company at this point. Yes. How difficult was it to get an old school company like that on board with a new, brand new technology like blockchain? Especially given what's been happening in the cryptocurrency space over the last year, because a lot of people are just seeing headlines in the news 
that basically sullies the underlying technology to some extent, maybe to an extent where they sort of say, no, we don't want any part of that, when they don't realize that blockchain as an application platform is very different from cryptocurrency and all of the retail investment going on in that. Well, I mean, so the I've been with the company uh, circa about uh, three years. So it's all about bringing in people to evolve the business together. So it's keep, uh, taking the business along a journey. Uh, and so... I'd like to distinguish between uh, the bad press that's been out there and and what's the, mm-hmm. the, what's positive. The bad press that's been out there only um, underscores the uh, need in the industry for what I'll call um, due diligence and governance. Okay, so that's very very important. That means taking also. I hate to say this, but you have to say it, regulators along the journey, because our business is regulated, uh, highly regulated. So we we need to make sure we take uh, regulators along the journey uh, in this process. So we'd like to distinguish that. We like to look at the underpinning aspects of the tool itself, which is blockchain. Mm -hmm. We believe that that has, um, and we believe and we uh, understand that that has business aspects to, to us. And we are actually proving it, you know, whether or not you, uh, you create a blockchain center of excellence in your company or, or, you know, and so on. But it's taking people along the journey. Um, and with regard to crypto, with regard to other aspects of it, even though we settle in fiat, we settle in dollars and right. euros and stuff, we don't settle in crypto. So and we're not at that aspect. We're not at that point yet to settle in, in a in something called crypto. We're going to keep it at fiat at this point in time until proven otherwise. So. Sure. The other day I was over at a, a presentation that was being given in Circle's building that's mm-hmm. down the promenade, Circle, the, uh, the stablecoin company. And I heard the chief operating officer use a phrase that they called the regulatory perimeter, mm-hmm. which uh, the, the picture I had in my mind, the way she described it was, it was kind of like an amoeba. The, the, the cell walls are constantly changing, like shifting and moving around. Gary Gensler from the SEC yes. says one thing one day and another thing the next, and the, and the, uh, the regulatory perimeter changes shape. Is that something that you have to keep an eye on? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we are a global company, so it's not only what's happening in the United States, it's what's happening in the European Union, it's what's happening. So we have to keep our eyes uh, across all of the aspects of where we touch our customers, and that's global. So we do care about what we call, I think the regulatory perimeter is a a very good term. And it it means also, now the the thing is, it means taking regulators along the journey. Um, Because what happens if, if you have something that's over regulated, then you don't have the opportunity to innovate mm-hmm. and innovate in a way that you want to be able to innovate that is safe, safe for your customers, safe for your business. Uh, so it's important that uh, regulators be taken. So when you say you're taking them along on the journey, you that must mean that you are in touch with the regulators and trying to influence we them. Have to, we, we, we are um, you know, in touch with regulators. I mean, even in, within the JSMA, uh, mm-hmm. did, uh, did you have to be in touch with regulators. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, what happens is, you know, as I stated before, they're off looking at this and then, you know, you're disjointed and then something happens and sure. then you have to actually abide by what is regulation. It is quite important to be involved with them. It is quite important to actually start about what does education look like? What does training look like together? So I would argue that regulators are going to have to be able to be savvy in this business and understand the technology, underpinning of technologies, understanding the value that it has, mm-hmm. but also understanding, you know, what the risks are so that we can actually look at how we mitigate against risks together as an industry. Do they get it? 
I, I think they're starting to get it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a that's a very general question. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, the, the thing of it is, is that uh, people are still coming out of the FTX uh, mm-hmm. fiasco, et cetera. And it means going back and saying, hey, but blockchain is here. It yeah. is here to stay and it's not going to go away. I think part of the concern, particularly in the United States, is that there's uh, so many differing opinions across the uh, the regulators, the lawmakers, that it's going to hold the U.S. back in terms of innovation mm-hmm. until that's resolved. And meanwhile, we had uh, Yulia Parlamenko, who is with the uh, Ministry of Digital Transformation in Ukraine, in here in the studio the other day, and they are just zipping along like it's remarkable given what's going on in Ukraine that they're even getting any work done but they are moving very fast have a mandate from uh, President Zelensky to digitally transform the whole country and it's like a no holds barred effort which means that they're going to zip past a lot of other countries and I think about that and I think about wow you know are we in danger because of this regulatory conversation that's unresolved as of yet of losing our innovative footing that we t- typically have in in the world and when I mean when I say we I speak of the United States because I happen to be based there well you know I, so I am a dual citizen US and Swiss so um, in the United States there is a risk uh, absolutely a risk because it's so disjointed the conversations are so disjointed mm-hmm. and it's also about so e- e- if you look at the countries and I, I'm impressed by the way with, with what's happening in Ukraine I'm utterly yeah. impressed um, in fact uh, talking with some of my colleagues from Ukraine they're saying Gosh, you guys are using such old technology. You are way behind us. Uh, and so, but uh, is that um, we, what is your country vision? You know, and then you have to state vision. Uh, if you look at uh, China, country vision, or you look at any of the countries, is what is it? What is your vision mm-hmm. to think about? What does uh, transformation mean? What kinds of technologies uh, are you going to need to support? I think in the United States, the White House has also this yeah. this whole technology group, um, and so that breaks down to what happens within the Congress, and that breaks down the states, and so on and so forth. But you have to really execute and execute fast. Some states may be executing faster right. than others. Others. But you cannot be encumbered by your own sets of uh, what I'll call complex regulation between states, between federal, you know, federal government and so on. Otherwise, that will just hold you down. I feel like I could talk to you for hours <laughs> because you really have your hands on all of the buttons here when it comes to blockchain and the enterprise regulation and so on. One last question is you're here at World Economic Forum. What is it you're trying to accomplish and have you gotten it accomplished yet? Um, listening to these conversations about responsible protocols. I mean, blockchain is an example of it. Yeah. I mean, and I think also um, what how can we use these technologies to actually create even a bigger bolder business and yes I'm taking I'm getting a lot of uh, conversations mm-hmm. that are going in that uh, direction and it's meeting my goal for being, being here in it, Davos is blockchain in the conversation behind closed doors all around the world absolutely yeah and and they're calling it sort of responsible protocols uh, enterprise grade which is how we started the conversation exactly. in the first place and not so much about making money but actually looking at other verticals how can we apply to to the medical healthcare vertical and just, uh, the oil and gas vertical and so on? We are just at the tip of the iceberg of what is possible in wow. enterprise well, blockchain. I'm, I'm glad we're working on enterprise blockchain at uh, Blockchain Journal here. So thank you very much. Well, uh, have a great rest of your World Economic Forum. 
Thank you for joining me here on our show. It's a pleasure. Thank you once again. We've been speaking with Monique Morrow. She's the distinguished Senior Distinguished Engineer of Emerging Technology at Cineverst. Thanks for joining us. Look for more of our videos on our YouTube channel uh, at Blockchain Journal.